Hi, I'm Shama. Hi, I'm Amrita. And we're back with The, the Voice It Out podcast. podcast. Season one was all about what makes us the same and also what makes us different. Now we're including more voices to gain new perspectives and opening up the conversation. So join us and don't keep it in. Voice, Voice it, it out. out. Shama, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Now that we are over the cold snap. No, oh. Just about. <laughs> Just about. We I'm was, still in the cold snap. We have this tradition of talking about the weather we when we intro. <laughs> <laughs> we do, we do. But you know, it's British, It's being British. It's what it's called being, being British, isn't it? Exactly. So just fine. Say hello. Hello, Hi. everyone. Um, hope you guys are all keeping warm. And so... We're doing something very exciting today. We've got another very, very, very cool guest on. We have indeed. So I'm going to just say her name and then go through all the accolades that we know of. There are probably things we don't know of as well because this woman is pretty amazing. Yes. So it's Bhavan from Bhavan Beauty. Hello. Hi, girl. Hi, Bhavan. How, How are, are you? you? Really well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Honestly, this Aww. is fun already. Oh, well, how sweet. That is luck. Thank that is you sweet. for thank coming. You. Yes, we are very. We feel very privileged that you're here. You Absolutely. Know. I feel privileged that you asked me, Aww. honestly. Thank you. Aww. Thank you so much for joining us. So just to recap slightly, you are the CEO and founder of Bovan Beauty. And if people don't know what Bovan Beauty is, I mean, what, what can I tell you? What can I tell you? It's been 10 um, years. <laughs> exactly. So there you go. People should know of you, right? And if you don't, just get on Instagram, get on the website. We will share all of these details at the end, but you have to listen to the episode first. <laughs> okay. So you are essentially really proud to offer henna to people I know in a way that kind of brings beauty right so that is your kind of a mission statement should I call it yeah basically to empower people celebrate the skin you're in um and it's been a journey in the sense of yes getting henna to the people and that's what we've done is bring henna to the high street um and I feel like it's led on to so many more amazing things yes um, that will that we'll talk about and, and where we want to basically take our brand. Absolutely. Um, and how much fun it is doing it. Yeah, it does. And I mean, I've got to be honest, I've been following you for a couple of years and it does look really fun. It does look like a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, I it can look glamorous online and that's what everyone likes to share. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But no one likes to share the grind and the hustle and the doors closing and the rejections and all that stuff. And not to be a dampener or... or um, or being, you know, negative about it, but you've got to be able to take that. But then the highs are like incredible. And then that, that just keeps you going and one step leads on to another. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, as you say, there is a grind to it, but I've just got to say, you've got two Guinness World Records as the fastest henna artist. Yeah. Now I've got to say, I've been to so many weddings where they've been like, oh, this is someone from Pava Henna Artist. And I've just been like, she's the fastest. And I've, <laughs> I've just, I just, it's really weird because I've heard of you long before I kind of knew your journey or followed yeah. you and whatever. So I think your name has been there for a very long time. Yes. Which is, which is fantastic, I think. Um, you. You've been recognised by the British Empire the Queen, for your services yeah. to the 
to the beauty industry yeah. and rightly so. So that was in 2018. Mm-hmm. Wow, six years I ago. Just, I'm literally just <laughs> listening to all of this stuff. I don't know how time is going like, oh so God. fast. Like, honestly, sorry, sorry. To no, 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 here. it's just, I'm because I mean, I, even though I know this, it's even like listening to, how, to it out loud. I'm like, oh my God, this <laughs> it's is true. Like, wow. So true. I think when, when you've done it and I think people, creatives or people who have their own businesses or do, th- and you'll probably do this with your podcast. Like, this is amazing that you've, you know, you've gone out, you've booked a place, you've, you've kept at it for over a year and then you kind of look back and you think shit I have done a lot but you forget how much you've done because you're still focused so far far ahead so So I think like for me one of my goals is to start my own podcast I'll let you know Um, because I do I think there's a lot of conversation to be brought to the table for everyone to have access to which is why I'm in so support of podcasts like your own to bring the conversations you know to the forefront and to get people talking about being South Asian, having, you know, the same um, problems and obstacles. Um, yeah, just bringing conversations that I really think are important for our generation. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I do think that, you know, someone like you who is so popular can do that on a different level mm. to maybe one of us who have just started a podcast, yeah. if you see <laughs> no, what I mean. You say that, so you've got all of these amazing, you know, this experience behind you yeah. with your, with, you know, yeah. the background that you have. Um I have no knowledge about this, whatever. And then, and then, but then that can hurt you as well because yeah. I'm just looking at it from the other side is that when you do have, like you say, you, you know, a bit of a name, um, which I don't think I have a massive name, but you would think that, you know, I have a bit of a profile, then you can't, it comes with expectation. Mm. Oh, this one will be part of it and that won't be part. And then when they, when they're not and they're yeah. not supportive, it hits you harder. So I think it sometimes does. it's nicer to start from scratch where people don't know you. I love the thought of reinventing yourself, which I think everyone needs to do at some point of their life, every two years. You know, like they say that you should change your job role every two years. And I'm in the process, you know, I of reinventing myself because I want to do a lot more different things. Um, but yeah, I think that's really important. I think starting from scratch when no one knows you and has no expectation uh, might and sometimes works in your favour. Yeah, I mean, so we are, we for, in terms of us, we are known in the industry because we used to do... Um, Bollywood journalism kind of thing. I yeah. didn't want to mention it's that because so I didn't know dif- yeah. It's yeah. so different, different though. This is, is so different. Th- this and is, in a good way, I yeah. think. Absolutely. Well, the thing is, I think it's also the fact that because this is such a different kind of platform, and you're right, it's one of those things where because in the podcasting industry, we were starting from scratch, it was a lot more acceptable for us to be able to make certain mistakes mm. in order for us to learn. Mistakes that we didn't know that would happen. And... Whereas, you know, you're right, if there is if if there is a big, much bigger profile, yeah, there can be the extra pressure, added pressure. Yeah. But I think it's one of those things, it's also the fact that like you have to be forgiving of yourself as well. Like you have I'm to kind so of not like that. Just I need to be are. more. With you others just, we are. Yeah, with yeah. other with people. Our, ourselves, we're just we're, not. And it's it's true. Like let's say it's and it's like, oh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, you guys are just starting and stuff like that. But we would be so like, oh my God, we did this and oh my God, that's we shouldn't have done that. And we're so hard on ourselves. Yeah. But I think at the same time it's like you absolutely you have to have a bit of that. But I think and you know, it's it's one of those things where if you don't go through that you can't learn from them and you can't even see that sometimes these mistakes work in your favour. Sometimes it's... I can honestly say when I've made a mistake or been pushed into a corner, it's been life-changing for the better. But it's really how you deal with it. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, I have a habit of that, that I don't make decisions unless I'm absolutely pushed to a corner. 
Um, and then, then I'm like, okay, right. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. That is very interesting. Because, yeah, because, I mean, why would you want to get out of your comfort zone? Yeah. Um, oh, God, Which yeah. we all find, I'm like comfort zone <laughs> queen, like, you know, fourth daughter, <laughs> spoiled brat, <laughs> that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I need to really be pushed. That's to, so funny. Yeah. But so I just want to say, you've had some really amazing collaborations as well. Oh. So you've had people like Ellie Goulding, yeah. Alicia Dixon. Yeah. You've had an influence in or worked in, in EastEnders like this morning there's so many things that you have done so I just wonder because you say you don't make a decision when you're <laughs> until you're pushed into a corner were they really like so obviously some of them would have been easy decisions but were they really daunting at some point I mean okay I'll say when I'm pushed into a corner but when I really want something I'm like get out of my way <laughs> I like, like that I like that I, I do really uh, like that um so uh, the funny thing about the EastEnders thing was I was actually in a... I was working somewhere and I didn't like the job. Okay. Um, but so I had just broken the Guinness World Record for being the world's fastest ten artist. Right. Um, and this was when, this was the first one. Um, so the record was 214 henna armbands in one hour and I did 314. Wow. So <laughs> oh my God. people were like, oh, my God, you've broken the... By, by 100 and I was like yeah 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 whatever that's not what I'm doing it for right yeah um because I did a degree in marketing and I knew marketing you need right. a USP blah 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 so I did use my brain a bit then um <laughs> so I then approached the BBC so I kept calling them no and I said I need to be put through to EastEnders makeup department and they were like nope sorry we can't put you through you you, you there's no way you're going to be put through to the makeup department I kept calling and then someone accidentally put me through to the makeup department. <laughs> I love that. And then a lady called Viv Henry, who's amazing, we're still in contact now. Um, <clears throat> she said to me, uh, I got in touch with her and I said, listen, I've seen there's an Indian family on or an Asian family on EastEnders. It was the Masoods. Yep. And um, I know there's going to be a wedding. And when there is, you're going to need henna. The significance of henna for a bride is Absolutely. instrumental. You're going to need henna. I've got the Guinness book. I've got the Guinness World Record. Um, and I want to do it. Two weeks later, they called me back. And then they said, there is actually a wedding in the script. Um, can you come in and meet the team? I, I met Priya. I met all the cast wow. at that point. And within another three weeks, I was working on set for two weeks. So had I not banged that door down, they would never have known about me. Someone, they might have not included Henna or they might have done such a poor job of it. Um, probably likely. Probably yeah. The latter. Probably yeah. Exactly. So, and, yeah. So I was like, no, like, this is my thing. Yeah. I, and, and if I don't say anything, how are people going to know? I've exactly. got to be my own voice. If I didn't have my job in what I'm what I'm doing, I'd definitely be in PR of some sort. Um, people notice these people things. Notice people it. And, notice it. And it's something that I would have kicked myself for. Yeah. Um, and I grew up watching that. And it was it's funny because after I worked on set, I stopped watching it because it just changed everything. <laughs> it did. Yeah, yeah, I can um, imagine. Yeah. But I mean, you know, Priya is was a bridesmaid at my wedding with Aww. you know we made good 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 relationship Aww. and I did the second wedding you know when Tamwa got married as well so but it was actually the first wedding we were on set and I we had the idea I say we the makeup uh the makeup artist I was working with we were all talking and they said wouldn't it be amazing if there was a, like a henna bar in Selfridges like the champagne bar and saying those two words together henna and bar just sounded so odd so we've definitely <laughs> yeah. coined that term um henna bar and then so that's what I did after EastEnders I approached Selfridges they kept saying no for two years 
Um, two years. Two years. And I then, love that you've got the determination yeah, to still continue. Just, I feel like I would have lost hope. Uh, we've created the market. Like, yeah. honestly, but it, everything yeah. from scratch. So they kept saying no for two years. In between, I went to Topshop on yeah. Oxford Street, opened up our first yeah. pop-up there, went back to Selfridges with the figures and said, look, it works. Like, people want it. People don't know what they want until it's offered on a yeah, plate, it's right? it's so true. People pay for convenience. Yeah. Um, and then we went to Selfridges and like, you know, we're going, we've just gone into our 10th year in Selfridges and which is great. And the growth has been slow, um, but there's something there. I know it is. And we're, we're which is why we're growing our brand into into more products and and that kind of thing. But I know and I don't say this with any arrogance whatsoever because there's so many amazing, talented henna artists. I used to be want to be the best henna artist in the world. Mm-hmm. Now I want to bring the best henna artists to the people. That's like amazing. I want to be the vessel. But what I will say is I know that we've created the market and that we've created that space. So I intend to keep my foot firmly there. So. God, you've said so much. Yeah, I've got so many <laughs> questions. Got so much stuff in my head. Um, like... so, th- so I think my main question that I'd like to ask you is yeah. exactly what I just reacted to. What makes you so determined, even when people are turning you down? Because I find, yeah. I think personally, South Asian women in general. No, it's not just me. I can only go from a personal point yeah. of view. I just, you know, like it's it's almost like I'm determined enough until a certain point. Yeah. But say after like the second no, that's not a great point. That's only two no's, right? Compared to this bubbin lady that I've got yeah. sitting here who's like, how many no's has she heard and she's still had, going on? Still like, I'm here. What, what inside you thinks, no, this is mine. I'm going to achieve it. I don't mm. care how long it takes. Like what in you wants to do that? I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I tell you something, I could say like, you know, people say, how did you do the Guinness World Records? And I said, because I'm so impatient. Like that's why I'm so fast. Um, why am I so determined? Stubborn? I don't know, but I'm not particularly that stubborn. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm that person who will let shit go. Like yeah. I, I can't hold on to grudges. And yeah. if someone gives me love, I'm like, I'll give you ten times more love. But I, there's a kitch. So yeah. there's a pull. Yep. And I have been deterred from doing this so many times. Like even the people that you think your family, your friends or are going to champion you know, they're the ones saying, you've been doing it for so long. How old are you now? You need to take, look, you need to focus on your husband and your future children. Oh my God. Honestly, and I'm like, shut up. Like, I don't want to hear this. But my point is, so, you know, when COVID happened, our bar was not like it. It, it, we, we were about to go under. Yeah. I had to pivot, launch products. Then mm. I lost my dad. Then I was oh. like, okay, after that, I need to do something. Like, So we had a, another launch in Topshop. We got front we got um, front and centre on, on the ground floor on Oxford Street again. We did their window display with a Halloween. It was amazing. Then there was another lockdown. And then I was just like, honestly, I was like this close. I was like, what's the point? I just, I can't. But there's that kitsch. There's yeah, something yeah. that just keeps pulling yeah. me to it. And then, like, honestly, with um, there will be small successes, not even huge successes. There'll be small successes. And I'll be like, I've got to keep going. I've just got to keep going. And now, today, you see it. South Asian beauty is being celebrated Absolutely. now more than ever. Yeah. So people are hair oiling. 
turmeric lattes, Bikram yoga, yeah, eyebrow it's threading. It's all from, all it's of all that from stuff. the South Asian so it's unlike, all continents. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They say luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Yeah. We're prepared. Absol- like, no one's put the graft it's true. in it's like true. we've put the graft yeah, in. It's true. And the opportunity is now there. Cultural appropriation, we've been hit with, you know, when we did Perry Edwards, you mentioned. Yeah. You know, and that's why white, British, blonde hair, blue eyed people, I'd say, come and get your henna done. Oh, no, I'd be annihilated. And I'm like, who's going to annihilate you? It's not us. Like, it's really not us. Um, So, you know, there's so many obstacles we've had to deal with, but there's something that always keeps me going. Um, And yeah, so to to your point, what keeps me going? I don't know. There's a pull. I know it works. I know I'm destined to do something. I am going to celebrate our culture. Um, you're doing it now yeah and that's it that, yeah but this is makes it me so happy. you know you're you know you're talking about you're talking about how it's even the closest people that have sort of been your pushback yeah they're not my customers no exactly they're not yeah. your customers but it's like how do you deal with that because you know like I'm sure these are some some or even most of these people have been telling you the same thing since the beginning yeah and even after you've had all these accolades I'm guessing you still have the same people telling oh, yeah, you the same thing. Oh, yeah, because what do... I mean, unfortunately, in our community, what do people base your success on? Marriage. 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 Money. Sorry Money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, but how much have you earned? Oh, yeah. It's like, okay... You know, and, and more for the younger generation, yeah. followers. Yeah. So it's... um, I think when, you know, like, yeah, but you're not... That's what I hear. In my mind, there's a voice. There's like, you've done this, this, this. Yeah, but you're not earning any money. Yeah, but you're not earning any... And I'm like, that's not been my goal it is now Mm. it is like you know the growth and all of that kind of stuff um but I'm I feel like when you're doing something you love it comes um and you know we're we're doing okay so we're gonna keep trying and the I I turned 39 the in 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 November and I did have it in me that you know god you, you know you've been at this for a long time you've been doing this for but I wouldn't change it for anything I know I'm doing something on my purpose the, I'm I'm on my purpose yeah and that's when you feel aligned right well, it's it's that isn't it it's always people ask you all of all of these questions but no one will ask you but are you happy yeah 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 that's something I think for especially South Asians not mm. even just females I think we all find that difficult to kind of determine yeah. our own happiness because we're always doing something for other people yeah always yeah, yeah. always all, well it's also, family, it's also like partner. well the thing is that's what like especially the women of our generation that's what we're taught like you are not there for you you are there for other people like you you know like you're when you, if you're not married you're there for your parents and you're there for all your all your all your family but then when yeah. you get married make sure you're there for your husband make sure you're yes. there for your kids make sure you're there for your yeah. in-laws and it's just like well how much of yourself do you get to keep for yourself well, to be able that's to the num- number one question i'm asked yeah. when are you gonna have kids i'm are like you're still asked that Oh my god! All the time. <laughs> my husband's not. They don't ask. Oh, that's him. what I mean. That's what yeah. I mean. Because I would don't think that him. they would ask both. Like you know, the the I, we were at a wedding recently, right? And my husband's really good with kids. Like everyone is just like drawn to my husband, especially kids. Um, and he was he had two. He had my niece in his in his arm, one arm and his niece in his other and he was on the dance floor dancing and this random auntie just came up to me and she said he'd make such a good father oh my god no, why because he's with two kids for like half an hour don't leave it too long <laughs> and I was like okay and then like you know they'll say that like you know you gotta have kids and blah 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 and I'll be like go to him on the dance floor and go and say it to, tell, him. Say it to him yeah. and he will tell you 
I'm all right, thanks. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny because I'll say this. I'll say this to my husband annually. Do you want kids? He's like, not yet. <laughs> not yet. But so it's like yeah. they act like I'm depriving this dude. <laughs> yeah. It's, I can completely, I can completely so get funny. that. Do you like, know what I mean? Obviously, like, obviously it must be you her. because yeah, it's you. She's saying she doesn't want yeah. it. And I'm like, I like, think, do you know what? Like, it's weird because sometimes I feel like it's because they look at the female body clock, right? Yeah. Because yeah. men yeah. can have kids whenever the hell they want. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's just, I think I've seen so many things on Instagram recently about how women are treated when they genuinely decide not to have kids. Yeah, mm. there's something wrong with you. And in the South Asian community, I don't think anyone would understand that no. at all, at no. all. Listen, I come from a family of five kids and oh, I'm one of... Uh, like I'm the youngest daughter, so three older sisters, one your young, younger brother, and it. And when we got married, I said I want four kids, but it's fun for the kids. It's not so it's much not fun, fun for the parents. Oh no, I've. But so this, this is exactly clear. I've like I spent my, like my husband has got so many of his friends who are having like literally there are so many of them in these past two years that. I either have had kids or are having kids currently. I went to a ba- I went to see a newborn baby on Saturday. Mm. I went to a baby shower on Sunday, and all of the women are like, you know, it's re- it really sucks because nobody we are told, oh my god, having kids is great. No one tells you how hard it is. No one tells you everything that you have to go through. Not only externally but internally. Yeah. How your body yeah. just does not do the things that like it, they were like no one tells my, you. My my niece and nephew couldn't be more more close to me. Like yeah. I am their mum. My yeah. sister is their mum. They've got three mums. So basically when when like even when my sister's not there, they all would say mum mum, I mean mussy. Like that's how it is. So I see what my sister goes through and I see what it is to have kids. I, I don't hate kids. I love no, kids. absolutely. But maybe I, it's not, I don't know. I don't want to say I don't want kids, but because if it happens, it happens. Everyone see me pregnant in the years. What happened to you? But um, I just don't know. But it's a, it's a life choice, isn't it? Yeah, so. It's a life choice. So I wanted to ask you actually, just backtracking very slightly. Yeah. I, I've got this, so obviously we used to do Bollywood interviews before. Yeah. yeah. And I've got this really vivid memory of interviewing Priyanka Chopra and what you were saying really, sorry, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, I can't forget her (laughs) married name. Um, You really reminded me of her when you said that you don't know what it is that keeps you going, but Mm. you feel a pull. Mm. So for her, I actually asked her, I'm going to ask you the same question or kind of a little bit tailored. I asked her what makes her so unstoppable. And she says, she said when she sees a glass ceiling, she just wants to smash through it. Yeah. And I feel like that is yeah, coming from you. Like that's you just basically, gave me yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I feel like that's the kind of thing I see from you. But do you actually see a glass ceiling? Because some people don't see it and they just want to rise and rise and rise. But do you actually see any limitations in the way that you work or in you know the industry that you're in? It's funny you ask that because sometimes I think London can have a glass ceiling, mm. um, but I'm so used to breaking them. Um, because we have done, you'd never see a henna bar in a department no, store. No, and for 10 years, to get in is hard. Yeah. To stay in is even Absolutely. harder. It's one of the biggest, especially one of the biggest department stores. And I'm, yeah. yeah, and I'm still getting those from department stores that I want to be in, because yeah. they probably still don't see the vision. And, you know, may, you know maybe we're not ready, I don't know. But um, the to your question, the glass ceilings, yes. And, and also I hate the, I hate no. No, you can't. Mm. But but I've thought of it and I've got a vision of it and and I can see it. So I need to make it happen. I, I can see it and visualize it for a reason. I was told, you know, if you're asking someone and they're saying no, you're asking the wrong person. 
and I'm good at finding the right person. <laughs> I love that. Um, so, that, yeah. and for me, it's all about relationships. Mm. Yeah, I I make good relationships, and it's not just for immediate, um, you know, success or to get what I can out of you there and then. Mm. No, I I like to meet people and see where further down the line, you know, if and how we can help each other or benefit each other. You know, I and I think. My when I when I first got into I only use Selfridges as an example because people really base my success on that mm. that oh you got into a department store whereas I've done a lot of other things as yeah. well and continue, you know we've been in Milan Barney's New York and so many other places but I think it's um that the point of the the glass ceilings and and that going back to that is is just that when you're told no enough times and you're like, no, you actually believe in it, then then I think it's your duty to fight that. Absolutely. And, and make it come true, basically. Well, you know, like you said, you've travelled and you've, you know, you've you've been in London, but then you've also, you've also done all these things like Barney's and like Milan. And how have you felt that outside of London, how has that experience been for you? You know... That's what my point was. Mm. So, you know, sorry, you know, when, okay. you know, when I went um, and I did interviews when I just got into Selfridges. Yeah. The first question a lot of people asked me because I went on a few radio stations and they would be like, how was it being an Asian female getting into X, Y and Z? And I never looked at it like that. I never saw myself as an Asian female trying to do something. I just thought of it. I'm trying to do something black, white, blue, male, female. It doesn't matter. I've got an idea. I want to make it work. So saying, in answer to your question, I never had these barriers. Mm. And I don't, when, you know, when they say British, Asian, female, why do we need those categories? Why can't it just be entrepreneur? Or why does it have to be, you know, and I'm grateful. I love being a female. I champion being a female. I love being Asian. I love being, you know, of Punjabi descent. You know, I love all of that. But I feel like that doesn't define you. The you are who you are and you just so happen to be Asian and whatever. It's, it's like the, the people ask me, like, believe it or not, did you ever think you would marry a bugwala? Did you ever think you'd marry a man with a bug? No, I didn't go there and think I need to marry a man with it. It's, it's like that. That's how that I is... anal- analyze it. You know, like it just so happens yeah. to be that he is that silhouette. Yeah. And, and that's how I think it is. Right. You're a businesswoman. You just so happen to have that silhouette of being Asian, which are positives. Um, but the core is that your goal is to make this business a success or... So do you, like, this is... I, I, I sort of do think that, especially in our culture, that is the boxing that we do in our conditional mm. thinking that we're Asian, we're female, we're this, we're that, whatever. You've done well for an Asian female. Yeah, exactly. What are you but talking that's, about? That, yeah. That's probably a comment you probably get from an Asian, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Yeah, it's not yeah, going to yeah. be from any other ethnicity or like unlikely to be. Yeah, yeah. But in your head when you were growing up or when you were going towards this journey towards henna and all the other fantastic things that you've done, did you ever find that that kind of conditional thinking kind of maneuvered you in a certain way? Because it doesn't sound like it right now, but in your journey, do you think it ever did? No. Even when um, South Asian beauty, this whole like kind of craze has started, um, South Asian beauty being celebrated, I, I didn't know how I felt about it at first because I was like, okay, this, this is great. South Asia beauty is being celebrated and I love it. But do I necessarily need that tagline? Mm. But now I've embraced it so much because, oh yeah, I do. I want to celebrate it. You know, 
putting dill in your hair on a Sunday night. God, did I love that. It yeah. makes you feel, you know, you love the smell of it. So, yeah, it's great. And, and I want to take onus of that. You know, the henna on your hands, the smell of it, the, you know, haldi dud. I got hurt the other day. I'm going to drink some turmeric latte. Yeah. Turmeric latte. Turmeric latte. <laughs> no, I'm going to make myself some haldi dud. <laughs> it's true, it's true. So my, my thing is like, and I think this happens as you grow older, you really get pulled to your culture and what gave you comfort growing up. Mm. And I think because I do have a small platform, I want to share that. Um, but then again, you know, like you get the, the questions about appropriation and whatever, but I'm just like, we live in London. We're born British. We are, you know, we, we, we are South Asian. Why can't it merge? Like that's what our parents yeah, tried to do when they true. immigrated. It's true. Yeah. It's also the fact that even with your brand, you're doing it in the right way as well. It's like, it's not just, oh, I'm a henna artist and I'm just using henna. You're very, you're very clear about what your product, what, what you want your product to be and how you want it to affect your customers. Yeah. It's not just about, oh, I'm from the Asian community. Henna is a part of my culture, so I'm just gonna, it's the way that you're even doing all your products. Like the fact that it is, it is like, you know, it's, it's vegan. Yeah. Is it? It's non-toxic. all non-toxic. Yep. There's no, there's no like extra chemical. You haven't done it in a way of like, oh, here's the product. I just want to be someone. You're yeah. actually like your product is, this is what Asian culture is about. Yeah. You know, this is, this is what your experience was when you were younger and you're trying to bring it to a market. Yeah. And I think there's a difference. That's a difference. And, and oh my God, like, I'm just, I'm just thinking about sort of it's great that you're doing it but how much how much of when you first started like how was it when you first told people that oh this is what I want to do they looked at me like I was loony <laughs> like honestly yeah. and I think I think now in hindsight I remember there was one time when my dad came home um from work and I was like literally taking a nap on the sofa the reason why I could do it because I was living at home yeah so my 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 it, there was a point where Selfridges, what we were earning from Selfridges was paying them. Hmm. And then me doing my bridal work outside was paying my girls wages. And there was a point where I was like in between clients and I was sleeping on the sofa and my dad was like, are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, yes, dad, don't worry. I, I know what I'm doing. And then like within like two, three weeks, two, three months after that, not weeks, uh, we were making money. Hmm. So it, it was it was good. I knew it was going to work. Um, and I knew it was for a reason. And I knew it was genuine. And I always say this, God, like, please... Like, I'm asking with sincerity, not because you want all the lavish things. Of course, everyone wants all the lavish things, but that's not my why. You know, my why is we want to enjoy that, of course, but the why is something different. Um, but at the beginning, people obviously thought I was nuts. And I would tell people, especially, again, in the Asian community, what do you do for a living? I do henna. Oh, okay, that's your hobby. What What's your real job? I was like, no, I've got a henna bar in Selfridges. Oh, immediately different treat me differently yeah. talk to me differently really? and i see just beyond that um and once people treat me like that i'm just like oh, okay i've made my mind up about you um <laughs> of course yeah but i think now um looking at it like i said in hindsight south asian females don't get a lot of funding in in an investment and i wish i had seek seeked out investment at an earlier time mm. Uh, rather than now, um, while there was a buzz. But I had no idea how to do it. I had no idea. And then you do ask people and they're not really keen on sharing that kind of information. So uh, that is one thing that I wish I had started looking at earlier. 
But that's not to say it's going to stop me um, because now I've got a bit of experience under my belt. Um, now I know how to approach that situation. I complete, well, I completely believe that, totally. But it's really interesting you saying that people you met, I mean, that people aren't so easily, like, easy to, like, talk to about stuff like that. And yeah. they're not willing to share. No. When really it's I think like... I've, yeah, I think in the last year I feel like we've experienced that a yeah, little bit. Ourselves. a little bit. So, they just yeah. don't want to share information. And I get it. You know, you don't want to give out... But if people say to me, okay, can you give me XYZ buyers? Yeah, all right, I'm not going to give you that information yeah. because I've worked hard for that. Yeah, there's other like, things that different. you can share, though. Yeah, yeah, but, like, if you can share, you know, if you've hit this brick wall, would you recommend me going this route or that route? And I'm happy to share that information. Yeah. Um, how did you feel if you, you know, if one brand said no to you or they said you can't work with another person or they've, off they've you know, demanded exclusivity? I'm more than happy to give information. I give a lot of information out. Um but I don't think people are as free with their information. So this is another thing that I think is, especially in the South Asian, mm. South Asian community, is the conditional thinking of seeing some someone who is Asian as your competition. Yeah, because what we've been taught is yeah. that there's only room for one. Exactly. Well, there's only room for one, but also you don't want that person to do better than you. Yeah. Most yeah. of the time, yeah. that's what the thinking exactly. is. And that's a real shame because we've seen that a lot. Um, and because I talk about my husband a lot because we're both in the same industry and we, we get that in the same, like we, we both get that and we, we understand. So like when one of us is feeling that way, the other one will say, well, you know, you understand this is how it works and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's such a shame. It does happen in the Asian industry. Yeah. I think it it must happen in other communities as well, but... But yeah, we we obviously feel it when you're you're you come from that community. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got to mention your husband here because yeah. <laughs> you guys are literally a dual brand. Oh, thank you. Um, obviously on on Instagram it's Magic Sing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think so I started following you before They're I followed so you. Cute. And then I was like, oh my God, I didn't know they How were married. You? Also yeah. the, you guys are so glamorous. Oh, we're I really know. not. You're so glamorous. You know, you really are. Maybe it's just Finsta. This is how I dress like every day. And he's like, when I'm not wearing makeup, he's like, oh, um, you're not going to put any makeup on today. I'm like, you better, you better shut. He's, he's ruthless. Everyone thinks he's so, no, he is. He's wonderful. He's, yeah. He's amazing. Like the, I've never been one to be in front of the camera and I'm probably I'm doing this podcast now because of him in the sense really? of in the sense of I was never camera ready and I would always be shy like really I'm I'm used to behind the scenes but he's really bought me out and got me used to being in front of the camera now I'm like take a picture <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You got you got to do it. You got to own it. Yeah. Well, I was it. never like that. Mm. I really wasn't. But because he's a showman, yeah. he bought that out of me. But so I was going to ask you actually because you've um like I said you're kind of both a brand but then you come together as a kind of a brand as well. Mm. Do you get like do you get like you said you had some of the same challenges or some of the same feelings? Mm. But as a couple, do you approach things in the same way or like you said he's brought you out you know to be in front of the camera and stuff are there certain things that have changed you in your journeys because of each other massively we are opposite yin and yang really? i'm messy he's very meticulous i'm like right i need to get this done i'm scatterbrained i'll get it done but i'll get it done messily he's very thought out very meticulous about how he goes about things he can procrastinate I'm, I'm the one that will dive in without even thinking. All right, you want to move to so-and-so? Right, we're doing it. We're, we're gone. Before, <laughs> like, I'm out the door. He's like, no, we have to think, blah, blah. So we're very different in that aspect. But I think that really helps with us in the mm. sense I'll make him, I'll push him more. Um, and he will make me more organised. 
He'll make me think about my decisions. He'll make me think before I leap into something that then I then immediately regret. <laughs> um, so yeah, we definitely balance each other out in that aspect. So we're very opposite in that, but then we're very aligned in the goals that we have, the quality of life that we want to live. Um, and what we want to achieve and what we want to put out there. We just want to make people smile. We yeah. want to make people happy. We want to put out good energy. And, and that, that's it. That's all we want to do, really, as a couple. Bit of give and take, isn't it? Yeah. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. Do you find there's a pressure, social media-wise, mm. for both of you, either individually or together? Because your social media, like, I feel like I'm really attracted to your social media because you are different. You come, obviously, from slightly different industries in that yeah. sense. But when you could do something together, I'm like, oh my God, they're so yeah. good at this. I yeah. feel like you're such natural. That's because of him. <laughs> um, no, but I I don't feel a pressure. Mm. We do have our own channel, Mr. and Mrs. Magic, but we're not very, we, we, we could be more active on it. Um, I think in our industries, uh, yes, there is a lot of pressure for social media. The funny thing is we'll put up the most stupidest video that didn't take any thought and peaks and the views and I like the I liked the mirror one when you were both getting ready and trying to fight oh, yeah, the mirror. That. that was so good. Yeah, but there's one where he just smacks my bum and yeah. it's gone viral. Yeah, it's gone viral. I've seen and that I was one. like, what a stupid video and people like that. I just don't understand it. Oh you know, but yeah, we've created a reel that's like told people about the efforts we've gone into our businesses and whatever and yeah, like, people are not like, even yeah. half. Yeah. yeah, that's good though. It I kind did. Of shows I, off your I, 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 one one of the one of the reels that you guys did was, um, it was like a transition of the way you want your husband to to greet you, like, oh, okay. the way you think, oh, yeah. you, the way you, the way you think your husband greets other women, the way yeah. he actually greets other women, how you want him to greet other women. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny because we it would be a joke. Like we'd laugh. Yeah, because um. He's always surrounded by women, always. Yes. And He's a magician. Yes, a magician. <laughs> and also, like, if I don't know where he is when we're in a crowded place or whatever, I'll just listen out for the women screaming. <laughs> and then I'll be like, all right, he's around there somewhere. Um, so it's, it's really quite funny because women around him, obviously they love the magic, he's handsome. And I'm just like, all right, just go have do your thing. <laughs> You know, I love that. I just, I just I let, love it, let too. it get on with it. Oh my! But it's—I mean—you definitely both definitely work very, very well together, Thank and you, you can definitely see that. Thank you. Um, and it's—it's it's one of those things where I, you know, I mean, from what you're saying, I'm sure you both, you know, both of your journeys, because he's had to start from somewhere, and even what he's doing is a niche as well. Yeah, you're both people who seem to be very driven in. This is what I like doing, and this is what I want to do, and this is how I want the world to see me. It's really hard as well because because we're both, you know, none of us have got like that nine to five job mm. where you go in every day. And I think in I think that would have been detrimental to our relationship if one of us was in that position because you just wouldn't understand it. Mm. Um, but, you know, th like I said, the highs are very high. The lows can be low. Um, but, you, you know, once you have a partner who understands that, then, you know, you kind of get through it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, talking about your lows... You know, I do want to get into those as well, because like you said, it is something where on social media, we're talking about social media and everyone sees all the good things that happen. Yeah, because you only put up your best stuff, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. But yet you've had to like, you've had to fight so much and where you've had times where, you know, you probably have felt like, oh my God, I just, you know, probably questioned yourself like, is this the right thing for me to do? Mm, mm. How do you physically get your mindset to be like, all right, there is that pull, but 
how how do you look after yourself in order for you not to go down this loophole of okay I'm just going to give up or I can't do this or yeah you know because I can imagine that yeah you go through that sometimes um my it sounds so basic but sometimes my body will just tell me go to sleep like literally mm. there'll be like the other like a few weeks ago I was like I can't deal with this weather I can't deal we just come back from LA and I was just like oh God, I just can't be dealing with this and I literally just went to bed early and I felt much better the next day. Um, I work out a lot now. I'm not that type of girl who would ever be into her fitness. But I started swimming after dad went. And then after that, I started doing some weights. And now I do a session plus 50 lengths. And I have a steam. And in the steam, I do my affirmations. Okay. So I like really do my deep breathing. I say really beautiful things to myself and I do that every day and it helps with my skin. It helps with my body. My legs are toned as anything. <laughs> I'm like, feel my legs, um, you know, but I've still got places where I want to work. Um, but I just feel like that that is like, even when my husband says you're going to travel all the way there to the gym and then you're going to come, you're wasting time. And I'm like, don't interfere with that's my time. Like yeah. I need that time. Um, he works out. And he and, and he, he started doing it every day as well. Like at least four or five times a week we're both working out, which I believe really helps your mental mm. health. Reading. Um, I'm reading Robert Greene at the moment. He's amazing. Uh, daily, daily rules. Um, mm. And yeah, so reading is non-negotiable. Workouts, non-negotiable. And focusing on your why, like your purpose. So my work. Um yeah, so those are the three things that keep me really mentally. And my comfort. Like, I like to, you know, get my Indian desi food fix from my mum. My sisters are always, like, we're always on the phone to each other. Like, if from me just walking now to the station or something, I'll be on the phone to the girls. That's so so I think, yeah, you, you just have, I have my things that keep me propped up. Um, my, the people around me and my own disciplines, basically. I like that you said non-negotiables. Because the minute I say that yeah. to my to my husband, he knows like right. There's nothing There's in the nothing, way of it because I think you have to, especially especially that you know where we, where we are being taught that no, like you have to, everything about you is for everyone else, and it is now like building those barriers to be like I can be for everyone I else. I think it's it's just Asian just... mentality. Yeah. So you know, when my dad was in hospital and he was suffering, and he had you know he was he was terminally ill, but. Every time, like, say the doctor or the nurse, he was cold. Hmm. He'd be like, no, 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 don't say anything. Or the doctor wasn't giving him the answers that he wanted. No, 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 don't say anything. Why don't say anything? No. So my dad would know that if I get a bee in my bonnet, I'm, I'm sweating out. <laughs> yep. I'd get my dad that hot water bottle. I'd go into the nurse's kitchen myself and heat up that hot water bottle because mm. I'm not having my dad cold at night. No, exactly. um, you know, I... The doctor's not giving answers about the results. Right, I'm at the doctor's, you know, next morning. like, And then I'll say it to my to them. I used to say to the nurses before I left, look after my dad. And my dad would know what that meant. Like, you know. But, but my point being, we have always been told, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't Why? rock the boat, basically. Yeah. Why don't say anything? Yeah. I can't. It's not in my personality. Dad, you didn't raise me like that. Mum, you didn't raise me like that. So why are you telling me that in my adulthood? 
Yeah, you've not raised me to keep quiet, so I'm yeah. not going to keep quiet. I feel like I'm very similar to that. Yeah, I don't get told specifically, don't say anything. But you're expecting. It's not like to say it's anything. okay. Yeah. Don't yeah, worry don't about worry it. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, No, if you if you don't want to raise your voice, I'm going to raise yeah. my voice yeah. for you. But it's you know it's I, it kind of also reminds me of the fact that like I know that sort of the my, the elder like my parents' generation take pride in the fact that I've never taken a day off work, even if I was sick, and I'm like, why? Exactly. Did you not, you know, you have to like look after yourself and you've got to be, in order for you to be there for everyone else. And I say this all the time, in order for you to be of service to everyone else, you've got to be in a healthy state and you have to look after yourself. Fill your cup. Yeah. Yeah. First. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's. Exactly. That, yeah. that analogy, isn't it? When you're on a flight, you you put your own mask you first. Your, exactly. And then you put on then those. You put on someone yeah. else's. I just think that's really, really important. And I think our mothers and grandparents didn't do that. No. So they don't understand it. That when yeah. we do it, yeah. they're like, how can you get away with that? Yeah. We didn't get away with that. Mm-hmm. It's a different world, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a different world. Especially after COVID. Oh, yeah. My I mum, I'll tell you a funny story. My mum, our cold water and our heating went off in our apartment. And it was like 10 o'clock at night. And I said, uh, mum, I'm coming over. Um, and mum was like, what about magic? And I was like, it's all right, he's staying here. And mum was like, <laughs> like if you leave him you alone, you better. Him- and yeah. I was like, oh. All right, then I'll stay. Luckily, the hot water came back on, and I was like, I was just going to go to my mum's. Yeah. You can come. You can come. But if I'm you going to. to my mum's. Yes. I want to be warm. <laughs> it's, it's really funny I love that. because it's one of those things where it's like, I just, and that reminds me, like, last, okay, I would say the year before, like Christmas time, both me and my husband were ill. We got really, really unwell. And we were meant to go to my mum's, but I rang her and I was just like, oh, yeah, we're both unwell. And she was like, are you looking after him? I'm like, I'm unwell too. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like you need to come in and look after both of us. but it's the expectation, isn't it? It's that expectation that the woman looks after the man. Just well, it doesn't matter because they were like that. Doesn't matter what state they were in, they still had. Whereas, like, it's like, oh, if the guy's ill, then it's just like, oh no, like we've got to treat them like little babies. But I just, I think, yeah, you're right. They they were expected to do that Mm, at that time, and. But we don't have to do the no. same thing, and we—it's and I think in that sense, it's for me, it's that we live in a country, and I've we, I've grown up in London where it's always been very multicultural. So ideas have and and the way that we've looked at life has always been taken from our friends who aren't necessarily from the same background mm-hmm. as us and how they live and what they think and sort of just give and take about what we're surrounded by yeah um and there's more awareness as well i think there's so much more awareness about how we can look after ourselves and what we need to do in order to not be burnt out and i think you're right covid has taught us a lot massively massively. it's just changed the way we socialize yeah like even now i'm the happiest when i'm in my duvet and hot water bottle at home like i love it i love going out don't get me Mm. wrong but after a couple of hours, I'm like, right, I need, I want, I want to be in my space. The mm. thing is, no one's going to question that now. Yeah. If you leave early from somewhere, or yep. you just want to prioritize yourself. Yeah. Before we used to question it, didn't Look, we? Oh yeah. my god, you, you're not doing anything. You're Why not are you doing. Not staying in? But, Why are you but, not staying but, but in actual yeah. fact, you're right. It's now encouraged as well. Like, oh, yeah. you've had a busy week. Don't worry. Go and home. it's not. And yeah. it's great. Yeah. I think it's yeah. great yeah. because, yeah. like, like for me, I go into or like I I do one week in, one week out at work, and. As great as as great as it is working from home, 
I do actually like going to the I office and seeing people. I do think and it makes just, a difference. It yeah, just actually having that interaction with other people because you can feel isolated at yeah, home. Yeah, you, you really do. can. I definitely yeah. did. Fifteen yeah. months just working from home, oh, I was pulling just, my hair. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's too much. I yeah. even said to my parents, I was like, you know what? If this job turns into a work from home, work from home role only, I'm changing jobs. <laughs> really, <laughs> just couldn't take it's, it. It's, it. But the thing is, there are some people who revel in it, but. Yeah, it's like in like, and it's all in hindsight, right? Every and I know so many people like that who thought, "Oh my god, I'd love to just work from home constantly," but they're not realizing, "Oh no, I'm at home and I'm either by myself because they live yeah. on their own, yeah, or they're just surrounded by the people that that they're constantly with all the time." But also housework as well. Housework, you end everything. up doing it all the, Every the same yeah. time. Everything. Yeah. Well, you don't yeah. get that yeah. break, and it's, it's not, like yeah, you know, I just yeah. I feel like that is a boundary to go into absolutely a workplace. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, and I'm not a home, but I like being out. Yeah, but then I like my evenings. It's in. it's yeah, it's just yeah. having having that balance. And yeah, I think absolutely. It's, it's, yeah. But so I wanted to ask you actually, because even though you've said you've got certain things that you make sure are non-negotiables, when you have a, genuinely, and I know we all have this, even if they're not as frequent as certain people, when you have a day where you're really not feeling it, yeah, and you've got to show up. Like, you know, you have to do an event or something like that or something high profile even. And you know you can't take that day off. How do you deal with that? Nine times out of ten, you end up feeling better doing it. Mm. So I always do it. If I've committed, I'll do it because you can't get out of it. Um, but yeah, nine times out of ten, you will always feel better for doing it. It will always change your mindset. And I think that's the best way to change your frequency. Yeah. Because if you are feeling like that, there's obviously a reason behind it. You might be feeling a bit low. You might be feeling things aren't going your way. You just might be in a, like have a horrible cloud over your head. And the minute you do go and do something out of your comfort zone, just kind of ignite something. Like a few month, uh, a month or two ago, there was like a dinner I really didn't want to go to. I really wasn't feeling it. But then after going, I had like the best night. Yeah. So I was like really thankful that I went. So I think when you are feeling like that, that's you being tested. Absolutely. And you've just got to do it. Like, you just have to get on with it. Absolutely. So I'm just going to, I'm going to add in here because you've talked about coming out of your comfort zone. Yes. We're recording this before the episode goes out, but Dragon's Den. Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, I I love the word frequency. So this is definitely something that I'm like, right. I want to know about this. Yes. So you made a slight announcement on your social media. Yes. A few days and ago. I didn't realise it was going to go mental. <laughs> oh no, you definitely <laughs> would yeah, have. It went yeah. mental. So I put it on everywhere because um, we had to clear it with them with what, what we could put up. And yeah. honestly, I wasn't expecting the support and the lovely wishes and the beautiful messages. And, you know, people were like, whether you get investment or not, you've, you, you know, you, you're so brave. It's so like it's so hard to get on. Then that made me feel so much better because before even going on, my first thought was, "What will people think?" Really, is that what you thought? That's all I've mm. been thinking of. Wow. Even now, okay, it's not been aired yet. Yeah, that's what's making me anxious and making me sweat. Is like, what are people going to think? They're going to know my figures. They're going to know my background. They're going to basically. I'm totally chuckling in front of everyone like <laughs> national television do you know what I mean yeah. so I've never pitched to an investor in my life okay but I've chosen to do it on national, yeah, TV. national TV I mean talk about being out of your comfort that's what I, I was mean, about to say yeah this is like, it is like you know when just... I wanted to open up a henna bar I didn't go and open it up in your local high street I no. bloody went to Selfridges and I asked them so it tracks totally tracks so but <laughs> I mean the most scariest thing I've ever done in my life um that it's just it's changed me as a person. Okay. 
Okay. It's made me more resilient because the pressure. But they say when you're doing something you've never done before and you hate it and there's pressure, a different part of your brain grows. Mm. And I really feel like I have pulled, I've built muscle in my brain that I never even thought was there. Um, never, never focused on my figures before because I'm a creative. Like that's why I mentioned earlier, I wish I had focused on funding and investment before because all I was thinking and have been thinking since I've opened up my business is, I'm having fun. This is working. I'm having fun. This is working. Mm. But I think I wish I had focused on and the one the one um, lectures uh, uh, that I would always miss in uni was accounting, which I wish I never <laughs> missed that. So that was the only I still get nightmares that I've got an accounting exam <gasps> to this day. Really? And that I'm that I'm not prepared for it. And I'm like, no, I can't. I'm not, I'm not at uni anymore. So it's fine. Um, so that haunts me. But uh, but yeah, the, the hardest thing I've ever done. But my, my husband the other day showed me something. I don't know if I've got it right. That Japanese culture do. They, it's called misogi or something. Yeah, I think so. Um, and it's to do something that is life-changing for you every year. Life-changing in the sense that you're testing yourself. Mm. You're really coming out of your... And that was definitely my thing that I did last year. Um, but yeah, it was totally out of my comfort zone. I was so nervous. It took me three months to prepare the pitch. And you'll just have to wait and see the result now. <laughs> but but I, what I will say is I'm very, I'm very glad I did it. And yeah. um, it definitely got me out of my comfort zone. But so, I, yeah, what will people think? And I thought I can't let that be the reason why I don't try this. Yeah. To, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you as well. I told you I, I talk a lot. That's fine. Dragon's Den have been on my case since... 10, 11 years ago, before I really? even opened up the henna bar, before anything, and they got in touch with me and I was like, no. Then a couple of years later, then they got in touch with me and I said, no. Then they got in touch with me. I even did BGT once. Really? Like, yeah, years oh and God. years ago. I never shared that with anyone. Um, exclusive here. <laughs> I love this. Um, oh, my God. Um, yeah. And then, um, but I knew Dragon's Den. If I'm, if I'm going to be shown anyway, it's going to be Dragon's Den. Yeah. So I did it. I was like, you know, if something keeps coming to you, just try it. What was the reason you were saying no, just out of curiosity? Because of what people would think. Okay. Mm. That's the only thing. I knew the work and the effort to go into it, but once I had put, apply myself to something, I can do it. Like, I yeah. know my strengths. Yeah. And if I have to do something, I'll dissect it and I'll, I'll really, you know, do it properly. Um, I was worried about what people would think. I was worried about what... I wasn't even so worried about what the dragons would think, to be honest, because I, it, it's more about what the people I know would think. Is that funny? That is so because that stops that's it's again it's just embedded yeah. in us. Yeah. And do you know I do have to point this out as well. You said that they kept calling you and it's just in the same way that you kept calling Eastenders yeah. you kept yeah. you literally just way. kept yeah. on. So it's kind of just come back round to you. And the funny thing is I called um they called me in February and um sorry they I, they called me in February and I was like oh go on then I'll just do the first interview. And then the second time they called, oh, I've made it through to the first round. I'll oh, go on, then I'll just do my pitch. Like, you, you have to do one uh, on, uh, to send one, record them, to the, right. record it and send it to them. I'll oh, go on, then I'll just do that. And then it's like one thing after another. But you know when the road just lays out for you and it's not difficult? It's like the rest is being yeah. laid being out. shown the way. You're basically, being, yeah. and there was no obstacles, no, it, was, it wasn't hard for me. And I was like, okay, if it keeps going as easy as this, I'll just keep going. And all of a sudden I got to the end, like, you know, there. Yeah. <laughs> and I said to Magic, God, do you remember when I said, oh, I'm just going to do the first interview, I'm not even going to do this. And I ended up just doing it. I believe there's some things that you're meant to do. 
and I was yeah. meant to do this yeah. because the road just laid out for me like effortlessly. I love that word effortless. Yeah. It was effortless to just, just get on there. And then, then they kept saying, oh, we, we can't guarantee you're going to be aired. And I was like, oh, I don't care if you air it or not. Or we can't guarantee it. And then, and then we're ending up being aired. Because apparently to even get aired, like there's so many that they record. So to even get aired is like, you know, you have to go through a lot of, um, you know, red tape and all of that yeah. kind of stuff. But yeah, but they've done That's, that. Mate, that is, and you know what? It's that thing of conscious thinking as well because you're so worried about what other people, you're so worried about the other people. That's it. It takes your mind away from, oh, hold on, what am I doing? Because, you know, anyone would think that is, an, to be in front of those people who are there to be like, oh yeah, I want your money. I'm going to ask you for your money. Yeah. You literally, most of it would be like, oh my God, I've got to make sure I have a good impression on them. And you know, like those are the people that people would think about. But it's really interesting that you found actually the process of, of doing Dragon's Den easy because... Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say easy. Not but easy. laid but out. La- yeah, laid yeah. out. Laid I mean, out. each step by step by step. And the thing is, being in front of them, I didn't see them as yes okay you see them as the dragons and they're going to annihilate you and yes they were brutal but I'm very used to being around affluent people Mm. I'm very used to being around people who have made it and you know millions and billions and you know so I that didn't scare me because I don't base people and treat people based on what they've got in their bank account I never have done and I never will do so for me to talk to them that didn't faze me um that's the only thing that's phasing me is or did phase me is like what will people think they're going to know the ins and outs of my business because sometimes you can people can have an an image of you a perception of you um but like you know these are the cold hard facts Mm. this is how hard I've been working this is you know now gonna see what will what will be the future of my business basically so I think if you want if you believe in it that much and I believe people have t- started taking me seriously a bit because of it as well. I was just about to ask yeah. that question. Yeah. Because it's almost like the Selfridges thing yeah. that yeah. you just mentioned. Yeah. Once you say you've got a henna bar in Selfridges, the attitude kind of changes a bit. Yeah. So I, I was going to ask you, have you noticed that already I think, in the yeah, last few days? Yeah, in the last few days. And it hasn't been aired yet because they put me on the teaser for last yeah. week. Okay. And then people started messaging me and said, you know, God, um, we just saw you on the teaser. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. But yeah, I think... To go on there, to get your figures ready, to do the due diligence, to do all of that stuff, you've got to be serious mm-hmm. about your business. I'm serious about my business. But the fact that I have to keep saying that even now... It, yeah, it's, it's... Yeah, I can imagine. So what was the scariest thing about the actual mm. pitch at the end for you? <sighs> Apart from the what what will people think, but just for you in that moment? Oh, God. I can't even... Well, all of it. I remember, I think I was stood there for a good hour. Really? Wow. A good hour... Um, the scariest part, knowing that people were watching me, okay, the filming crew, the camera crew, okay. so that before I actually did the pitch, I had to do a pitch to the exec producers, the whole team and everything. And I remember straight after I did that, I burst out crying <gasps> and my husband recorded the whole thing. And then at the end, you'll see me like that. But that's when I just burst out crying and I had to go outside because I think I had built up so much. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was the bottling up of everything. And it was just a release. And I'm so glad I did that before I actually pitched to the dragons. Yeah. Pitching to the dragons was not as hard as doing that bit. Okay. So that's so interesting. I think I'm so glad I did that because I would have burst out crying in front of them and they would have thought, you fucking mess. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I think the hardest part is, is we're so conscious about what other people will think. Yeah. That you, and, and again, it's like you say, you forget 
hold on a minute, you've achieved a lot. Yeah. You've got proof of concept. And you might not be where you are, want to be in certain aspects, but that, that doesn't take away from what you've already achieved. So we're hard on ourselves. Basically. So I, you know on Instagram, I've seen so many people talk about imposter syndrome. Oh, I get that mm. a lot. And I, yeah, I was just about to ask you because I feel like that is a conditional thinking part of South Asian culture as yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. You just don't think you're good yeah, enough in a way or just you're, you're kind of always second guessing yourself a little bit as, as a South Asian female. I think, okay, you don't think you're good enough. There is probably one aspect where I probably think I'm not good enough, but all other aspects, I'm like, I kind of have the opposite. I'm like, I should be there. Mm, I amazing. I need to be that there. Just and and if I'm not there, how do I get there? And all of my goals that I had last year, I got them. All of them. Amazing. Because when I have, this is it, right? I manifest very well. And, you know, like when, when I want something and when I'm aligned, I get it. But when I'm not aligned, I know it. I'll feel it here. I'll feel it in my tummy. I'll feel it. I'll know when I'm not fully aligned. Um, so I think that going back to mental health, that gets me aligned mm. and then thinking about what you want to achieve and going for it, that, that is just, I think you need to be help, per, you need to be settled and aligned under all like inside yeah, and then work outwards. What, ha what tends to happen is when we want to achieve something, we look outside. Yeah. Why is this one not noticing me? Why is that one not doing it? Sort this out. That will come. That's such a that's, good. That's such good advice, yeah. especially from a South Asian female who is successful. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. because I think we all, as South Asian, this is my personal thought. I think pretty much all South Asian females get caught up in something or the other. Yeah. Mm. Whether that is the fact that you don't think you're good enough, or whether that is your family or the people who are telling you, "Don't bother with this. Do this instead." We all get caught up in something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's but it's also the fact that it's the fear of the unknown. Yeah. Mm. Like, just because they've never seen they've never seen especially for south asian females mm. there's not a lot of successful south asian feel females that have done something like this or you know so it's like oh no no but if you fail because all of the, it, there's no oh but you know you're going to succeed and it's going to be fine if you fail it's just at the first sign of failure it's like okay this isn't working yeah so just leave it i think we're also quite scared of creating our own paths which is what you're doing mm. right you're creating your own path mm. you're not following anyone mm people might want to follow you. But I always say this, that I don't think we should follow anyone. No. You should make your own decisions. Yes, you can take inspiration from other people, but there are a lot of people who are naysayers and, and stuff like and that that get in the way of your own Yeah, but that's what, thinking. and that's what's been really hard for me because there's no, been no blueprint for me. Mm. There's been no blueprint for creating what I want to create and the route that I want, you know? So I'm literally winging it, and which is what I have been done. And I'm having fun along the way. Um, but like, you know, then people come in with their own fears. How long are you going to wing it for? You know. How do you deal with that? I, I, I'm like, that's your fear. Mm, Keep yeah. your fear to yourself. To yourself. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah. Like seriously, that's your limitation, yeah. Yeah. your fear. Don't project it onto me. And I'm very, I make friends. I love being around people. And I, and, and I love making really good, genuine connections. But I feel like if someone is not that person or not that energy, then I I I stay away. I literally just Are stay you away. The kind of person who feels that quite quickly. If someone yes. is just not for I you, I get that from my dad. From my really? dad, really. My I, I dad, do that. I do that as well. My dad yeah. would judge a character within three seconds. Yeah, he'd tell me. You can tell. And and that and I'm very good at that. Mm, yeah. Like I can I can, 
you know, I can tell who's, we call him guppy, like who, who talks a lot. He's <laughs> like, you know, oh, he's a guppy or, you know, you, you avoid that person or they're not the type of person that you really want to, I can feel an energy. Yeah. I can, yeah. you know. Can I ask you a question? You said your birthday's in November. Yeah. Are you a Scorpio? I'm a Sagittarius. Oh. I'm at the end of, I'm, so... I'm at the end. I'm at the You're cusp of 24th. Because I feel like Scorpios have this. Yeah. Do you remember you've been telling me this as well? Because uh, yeah. I definitely have that. Yeah. I can tell by someone walking into a room, yeah, that person is just not. Yeah. We've had conversations, we've had plenty of conversations yeah. where everybody's been like, yeah, there's something about, there's, some, there's something not right You can't here. explain it. You do, yeah. You can't. It's, it's, you can't yeah. explain it's a, it. It's very, it's your intuition. Mm, yeah. You, and, and we don't follow our gut, but I'm all for it. And someone made this point up uh, about me and my husband as well, that I'm, even though I've got the business, I'm very much like Fugazi, like, oh, don't worry. It will all sort out. One foot in front of the other. Like, I'm like that eerie fairy. Yeah. And he's like, no, what is the next step? How are we going to make this work? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're the magician. Surely <laughs> yeah, you should of, be yeah. the spiritual hippie type. <laughs> swap. And I should be the business the biz- one. Yeah. We're opposite, again. I like, love that. He's, he's the straight and narrow, and I'm the hippie. It's brilliant. It will work, whatever. Well, it's definitely worked for both of you. Oh, yeah. I, d- I don't know. Great. I, well, look, I hope we continue to keep breaking boundaries and just having fun along the way. Um, but yeah, I just, and, and I hope to inspire others. Like I want to inspire others and say, and like I had a friend, uh, psychic sisters who are in Selfridges. They did Dragon's Den the year before. The minute I watched her episode, I applied for drag. Um, uh, I applied, put my name down for Dragon's Den and then they got in touch with me and all that stuff. So she inspired me to do yeah. it. So I hope I can be that inspiration for someone else whether they're South Asian or not, but someone who thinks, you know what, if Bowman can do it, and, you know, and she was like the way she was, yeah. I can certainly do it, you know? Well, so Well, that's my I goal. think that's, we need more of that. We need, especially like females, yeah. I think that we definitely need more females championing, championing other females yeah. to grow and to be each other's support rather than be each other's competition and see see women like, it's not about, oh, she's doing what I'm doing, so she's my competition. It's she's doing what I'm doing, how can we work together so we yeah. both succeed and yeah. we both create a great space. I think what really helps me with that is because I have sisters, mm. so I really understand the sisterhood. Yeah. Um. So when I meet people, when I meet girls, they're immediately my sister. Like, how can I help you? What yeah. can we? How can we work together? People are quite guarded, um, but I'm very good at letting that go getting that guard down of people because I can understand, you know, mm. when people think that they, you know, someone wants something from them or to be being too nice can look disingenuous. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I think consistency is key. If you're consistently nice, consistently loving, consistently show that you're not in it for something or you haven't got an ulterior motive, you make amazing connections along the way. It's true. So it's so funny because I, I literally had this question down and it leads on really well. <laughs> So I was going to ask you, where does your strong desire to keep going come from? Because I feel like it comes from somewhere. Has it been just your journey or you, the way you've been brought up? or like? I'm glad you asked that because I think I found the answer in the last few days. I think it's really? my culture. Okay. I love our culture so much. Like I love being British. I love growing up here. I don't think I could live in London forever because the weather just drives me nuts. <laughs> I love our culture. I love... Roti. I love the getting together and eating. I love the hair oiling. I love the touching and feeling, you know, the hugging. And I love the, I just, I love our culture. It's just so much fun. There's so much good to it. And I want 
to share it with the world. You know, the minute I ask, I meet someone, I offer them Indian tea. Oh, Everyone, the minute, my my, hus- my, uh, my husband, my um, brother-in-law is English. English as you like, blonde hair, blue eyes. I bought him a kara the other day. He's wearing a kara. My oh, nephew's wearing a kara. You know, that it's just, I think, not religious. No. I, do, I wouldn't class myself as religious. I do love our religion. I listen to Bart. I listen to my Sukhmani side Bart. I do my, you know, I do all of that. People would think, oh, God, you don't seem the type of person to do that. But I do, I do my Bart. Um, but I think spiritual is what where I'm at. I think being a nice person. Yeah, my belief yeah. that my faith just be, you know, I love the culture. That's really yeah, inspirational that in really itself. Inspirational, yeah, absolutely. Because I think like religion and culture are two very different, very things. different yeah. things. Spirituality, yeah. spirituality yeah. is true. something that's very personal. It does and it's also very personal. Yeah, it mm. defines you in yeah, a way. Absolutely. I think it defines people. Yeah. And but yeah. Right now we're going to move on to our segment that we do called this or that. So go for it. Cool. Okay. Some of these might, you might want to explain, but you don't have to. It's up to you. Okay. So my first one is working hard or looking good. Oh, well, (laughs) I like to look good, but I end up working hard. Bit of both. Yeah. So I I think working hard overshadows the looking good. good. Yeah. Mm. That's fair. That is fair. That does make sense. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. <gasps> hate early bird. That's five, the reason. Five, five. That's the reason why I didn't want ever want a job. Because I thought you are not getting me out of bed at seven in the morning. I can't work for anyone. I could, yeah, I can't. I can't do it's it. True. There you go. I mean, it's it's funny because we like me and Emily both. We do not like early mornings. No. We, like we've got other... a holiday. And we're like not no early. No more, no early morning flight. And the other day there was a really amazing event, and I had to leave the house at seven thirty oh, in the morning. Oh my god! No, but I got up. I looked outside. It was minus three. I went back to bed. <laughs> That's so. I was funny. like, I'm not doing it. Oh my god! I'm no, not I doing it. it. Uh, yeah. Especially when it's so cold. It's but so cold. When I went to LA, I will say this: it might be the jet lag, but. I was I would be up every morning because it's so bright. It's so bright. It's yeah, but it's so, so sunny, and, and I think it's easier to get up early in the yeah, summer than it is in the winter. It is. Yeah. I feel like you want to make the most of the yeah. day. That's yeah. how I feel. Yeah, but Absolutely. yeah, definitely not. Early I'm more. Bird. I'm definitely more awake at night. Like yeah, at I know. Night than it's I true. Am. Yeah, it's so true. Right. Yeah. Um. Okay. Inner strength or outer strength? Inner strength. Mm. Amazing. I'm working on my outer strength. I'm getting a bit of muscles now, <laughs> but um. Inner strength. You are nothing without inner strength. You will not be able to pick a six kg bloody dung, dumb, dumbbell if you have not got anything in there. So, so true. work yeah. inside, inside out, in, in, inward and out. Yeah, yeah. I like that. You know what I'm saying? I do. Absolutely. <laughs> so do I. Um, sheet mask or cream mask? Cream mask. Mm. The sheet masks get, you can't see anything. And it's true. All that I stuff. prefer a cream mask too. I've tried the LED red light mask. And? Brilliant. Really? Is it really yeah, good? Yeah, it's amazing. I've seen it everywhere. i put it on my social media. Have a look. I think I saw it on your... your I think I did see it somewhere on your thing. And I yeah. Like, I wonder, my husband's always wanna... telling me off not putting the goggles on, but brilliant. And how many times have you used it? They say it's not really... I mean, people try and use it three times a week, but, but I've heard it's not really effective unless you use it every day. I see. Every day. Okay. Yeah, so 15 minutes every day. Just put your skincare routine on, leave a nice serum on, put it on 15 minutes and then put okay, a serum yeah. on after it. I've heard so many good things about it. Yeah, do I've it. I've heard a lot of good things about it. 
do it. Excellent. Um, okay, so my last one is, this is me looking at your social media, so <laughs> I'm not going to say sorry, but <laughs> it might be a difficult one. Um, would you get rid of makeup or get rid of shoes? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think you know the answer. <laughs> I did think this. I think I might have preempted the answer. Makeup. makeup. Yeah, because, and also that's because I've been doing a lot of skincare. I'm very much more confident going without makeup. Like I don't even yeah. use, hardly use any foundation anymore because my skin, I worked on my skin so much. I remember in my teens and 20s, I'd never go out without makeup and I'd have to always wear concealer. See. Now I can go out without makeup and I'm completely happy. And it saves so much time. Yeah, yeah and money and everything. Money, everything it's money. just, but also I just love a clean, fresh face Yeah, um, yeah. with some sexy heels. There you go, the shoes. The shoes shoes came in. Yeah. Now your last question. Hot drink or cold drink? Hot drink. Excellent. Oh no. You are my kind of girl. (laughs) You're like my husband. Hot drink, English breakfast tea or an Indian tea. That's it. She's definitely she's yeah, she's my she's she's a spirit of mine. Yeah. That's (laughs) it. Absolutely tea. But that's bad because I don't drink enough water. Oh I drink loads of water. I I mean the thing is I I I mean I love my English breakfast tea. Yeah. Like Amrita definitely knows how much I love my tea. Yeah. Um, but it's be- be literally because I have so many skin problems, I have to make sure that I drink like herbal tea or something to get that water in. Really? I can tell, and I've noticed, especially in winter, if I haven't had enough water, my skin will get flaky yeah. and everything. In one day, I can have like three cups of herbal tea, and the next day I can already see it get get better. Like it's it's that sensitive. So you just talking about skincare being better than makeup? Absolutely, yeah. I'm completely on board yeah. with that. Yeah. But yeah, hot drink girl, hot drink girl, amazing. I love it. <laughs> um, I've got one final question, if you don't mind. Yeah. Have you got another question? No, I don't. Okay, can I be my final one? <laughs> Go for it. So it's just one thing that I want to ask you: that in all the years you've had Bavan Beauty, what is the one thing that people still don't know about you, which you wish that they mm. knew? Hmm. As an experience or as a person? Anything you like. Or anything about your business, anything. That they don't know about me. That all of this started from one idea. Like I built everything from nothing. Not even, no investment, like literally a fiver. Like all of this came from nothing. Like a, like a seed. You know they say faith of a mustard seed? Mm-hmm. That is how I've been running this business. Like literally, that this didn't come from anything tangible. It just came from an idea. That's it. God, in my head, in my head, there's like a shining glow of who you are. Like just everything. Like you're one of those filters that has all the rays. Just literally (laughs) that because everything that is true. Like it's one of those things where everything had started from something, and you are such. A brilliant example of that, honestly. Mm, thank like, you. It's just, I and I mean, I I don't think I'm in any position to say this, but I feel really proud of you. Oh, yeah, thank really you. Weird. Like, I genuinely really feel true. really like, oh my amazing. god, this is actually so so wonderful. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug? Is there anything that you want to say that you haven't said? Well, I mean, Dragons Den will have been aired by now. Yeah, um, yes. Just to plug that we've opened our new henna bar in November in Selfridges, and <laughs> it's all shiny and new and fantastic. Um, and just yeah, just that you know, if I can inspire and show what we've done and inspire anybody to start their own thing, 
and also do support our henna bar in Selfridges and come and give us a visit. Absolutely. What is your website? Bovenonline.com. And where can we find you on socials? Uh, Boven Beauty on Instagram and TikTok um, and Facebook, I think. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Thank ladies. You. So as I said, when I entered the room and Boven was already sitting in, I was like, oh my God, she's here. You are my bucket list person. That that and honestly, I was literally so like, much. I'm so happy to have you yeah. on this season. Oh. It's just been so nice talking to you, and you're such an inspirational person. Thank you. And it's you know, Thank like considering you. we have never met before yeah. this, like any of us. Yeah, I've met you, obviously. So I'm like, <laughs> have um, we met? I just, I just feel like, yeah, exactly. Um, I just feel like it's just been such a nice conversation to have and it's just I feel like it's inspired me it's honestly it really has I think that you are just you know it's that thing of you saying that you it doesn't matter who you're speaking to it's and it shows like I mean, we've just started this. We've only been doing this for a year. But already I feel like, oh, yeah, I know Bowman. Yeah. I know her. She's and that's how it should be. Yeah. And I just mm-hmm. honestly, I honestly, I can't wait to see you. I, I, I can't wait to see your episode on Dragon's Den. Thanks. Um, Likewise. And yes, again, this is this is coming out after after the episode, but we're recording it before. Um, and honestly, like, I do apologise from now on in how much you're just going to see our names pop up. <laughs> Like, don't scare her before she's left the room. I expect <laughs> it. If I don't see it, I'm going to be like knocking Hello. on your door. Oh yeah, exactly. God, no, and just keep going, keep going. Because yes, absolutely. We are you. definitely a part of your champion group. Thank um, you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Wonderful. You guys are amazing. Aww, thank you. So thank much. you. So we want to say thank you to, as always, DJ Shy Guy, who DJ has composed our jingle. Absolutely. And you can find us on the Voice It Up podcast on all social media all social media you pretty can, much all social yes, media you can listen to us on all main all main podcasting platforms yes um, you can email us you can email us at voice it out voice at it out podcast, podcast at gmail.com gmail. <laughs> my mind went blank I was like what um, can and, you imagine her mind went blank after yes. how many episodes I know are we also on YouTube we're also on YouTube. <laughs> we are. We're not just on podcasting platforms, no. although YouTube is now kind of a podcasting platform. It is. Anyway, anyway, yes, we are on YouTube. Um, if you want to find us, just type in the whole name of our podcast. And you'll find us And there. you'll watch our season two episodes there, including this one. Including this one. And we don't want to keep it in. We want to voice, voice it out. out.